everybody, and welcome to the Pittsburgh Pirates Rant Podcast. We are post-Super Bowl here, and usually when we're post-Super Bowl, we're looking forward to spring training, spring training games. Maybe some of us will even take a trip down to Florida, because I used to do that every year until my kids were toddlers, and I just couldn't do it anymore. It was just, it was a, you know, you just can't just go to the bar and wear like a Hawaiian shirt and just like chill out for the afternoon when you got toddlers or babies or whatnot. So... You know, I don't really go to spring training anymore. Now, you could argue that we don't really have a spring training this year. I mean, sure, we have some young guys down there, but the facilities aren't really open. I'm hopeful that they would have some sort of games, you know, like a couple of the teams will get together and say you want to do an inter-squad game or whatnot, but probably not because the owners would probably rather keep this a lockout. The players would probably rather keep this a lockout. So as fans... We're pretty much screwed until early April when we get the um, the Altoona games, uh, the Indy the games, uh, Bradenton and Greensboro games. And hey, some people, like my man Anthony, actually watches like Pirates Gold and Pirates Black and those guys, you know. Um, that's a little bit deeper than I like to dig. But, you know, I feel like we got a lot to talk about. I mean, I had a lot of guests on my show over the past month and a half, just because I knew I had a lot of time to kill after Christmas, right? So it was great. I mean, I learned a lot from those guests. I mean, we had, um, the Aaron Layton one was very, very disappointing because that one is lost in cyberspace somewhere. Uh, But as far as the other guests, you know, they were all really good. I mean, some of the guests knew the Cubs, some of the guests knew the Brewers, um, some of them were experts on the Cardinals, some of them were just prospect guys. Um, that gave their opinions on top prospects or Pirates prospects or whatnot. I mean, it was really a good time. Not to mention having Douglas Ford on my show, Chris George on my show, you know, just Pirate fans. I mean, it was really nice, really a blast. But you know what? I miss, like, doing these solo podcasts. I mean, if you remember back, and you would have to be one of the loyal listeners or whatnot, but I used to come home around this time, go on the back deck and just chill out, and enjoy the weather and just talk about the Pittsburgh Pirates and the Pittsburgh Pirates pro- uh, prospects and stuff like that. And man, what a good time, you know? Um, it's hard to talk about the pro team right now just because who knows when they're going to play. And we're sort of like wasting our breath if we're going to talk about how O'Neill Cruz is going to do when we don't even know if he's going to play this year. I mean, if we only get 60 games this year, he might just end up going to Triple A, especially after the long, like, you know, not facing batters. I mean, you could almost book that, you know. So, I mean, if we get 60 games plus playoffs, we're not even going to get to see O'Neill Cruz this year in a pro uniform. You know, we might see other guys like Chavis and guys like that. But um, are we going to see Diego Castillo? Eh, probably not, right? I mean, they're going to want that guy to get his timing back, you know. So, I mean... That's all disappointing, right? Um, But Pirates Twitter has pretty much been fun the whole time, you know? Uh, I usually like to, you know, set the stage for some banter, you know? Like, within the last week after the Fangraphs um, top top 61, maybe? I don't know. But anyway, I think it was 61. After that came out, um, there was a lot of just, like, thought about, oh, man, we really got crushed on that Adam Frazier deal, you know? And, uh, you know, the problem with the Adam Frazier deal, if you weren't reading my Twitter, um, 
was that, you know, we had three or four teams bidding for him at the time. He was the hit leader, you know? I mean, it, a lot of the, the Pirates, I guess you could say like they're Ben Sherrington apologists. They say, oh, well, he sucks, you know? They loved him while he was here, but all of a sudden when he's gone, he sucks. It's like, oh, he's a part-time slap hitter, you know? He was terrible after he left the Pirates, you know? But I mean, if you go back to at the time, and, you know, there was an um, article written two guys talking trades with uh, Justin. Uh, Gary was sort of like mediating the article. They were talking about possibly getting um, a Nick Gonzalez type back, you know? So um, at the time, we were expecting a lot more than... And here's the thing. Here's how it, it panned out. Um, the prospe- One of the prospects isn't on the list. Um, another of the prospects is Tupacato Marcano. Uh, and he is 53 four on the list and then another guy is um the outfielder um uh, Suwinski right and he's like in the 30s so if you look at that you know I mean it's possible that this trade comes around but if you just look at fan graphs which I know a lot of my uh, listeners like fan graphs um you know they go by sometimes those that's all they go by is fan graphs and that's fine if that's the way you want to play it you know I'm not going to argue with you um you know, during the season, I think you should follow what the what the guys are doing. But as far as the off season, like if you want to depend on just fan graphs, that's fine with me. Uh, so there were a couple other disappointments in fan graphs. I mean, um, Tanaj Thomas was actually a top ten, maybe number seven in fan graphs. He dropped way down, right? Um, there was a couple other guys in there that just dropped down. Um, so I don't know. Uh, but other guys went up, you know, and a lot of the guys I was touting really went up. Matt Frazier into the top 10. Um, I took a lot of heat last year, if you remember, having him in my top 10, you know, because Fangrass didn't even have them in their top 50 at the time. Um, Burroughs up really high. I took a lot of heat for him. But it's whatever. I'm not here to honk my own horn. I'm just saying that there's a lot of things to talk about, you know. And yeah, so I was critical this past week or two over um, uh, DK, DK Sports, and I like DK. Don't get me wrong. I really like this guy for a lot of reasons. The main reason I like him is he works really hard at his job, right? I mean, this is a guy that goes to most of the games, even on the road. He asks questions to guys like Charrington, um, to the Pirates manager, to the Pirates players. He also goes to the Penguins games, and he asks questions to the Penguins coaches, the Penguins players, and he even goes to some of the other sports in town, Um, the Steeler games, stuff like that. So, I mean, this guy, uh, Derek Kavakovic or whatever, he he works really hard. And the thing that I was critical of him, because I just try to keep it straight, right? I was critical of him is he got a lot of Pirates fans' hopes up with thinking that this CBA had anything to do with the Pirates. You know, like there was any chance that they were talking salary cap. Like there was any chance that a salary minimum was going to be on the table. Or any chance that the Pittsburgh Pirates might benefit in any way from the CBA. I mean, I think that he was just in his own fantasy world. I mean, I don't think he was doing it for money purposes but it misled a lot of Pirates fans, and I really felt bad about that, you know. Um, 
And then there was a couple other guys that jumped on it, you know. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna call you out if you're doing stuff like that, you know, and um, lying to the fans, you know. So, and, and because I'm not in this um, good old boys club, you know, I'm not with uh, I don't know one of these podcasts that has been around for years and years, and these guys that all know each other, like Gary and Craig, or um, I don't know, you know, all these guys kind of know each other. And none of them know me, which is fine. It's whatevs, you know. But that doesn't mean I'm not going <clears> to <throat> call you out, you know, if I disagree with something. Because they call me out all the time, you know. I get I get accused of being negative, um, you know, just like stirring the pot. Which, of course, I stir the pot because otherwise, why are you on Twitter? You know, if you don't want to find something somewhat controversial to talk about, why are you on Twitter? You know, Twitter would be boring as hell, you know? It's pretty boring sometimes anyway during the off-season of baseball. But, you know, I, I think I was able to throw enough, um, you know, enough ideas out there this off-season to keep the conversation going. And like I said, this past week was the, uh, the Adam Frazier deal where we didn't get much. We had four teams bidding on him. We could have let it go to the deadline and took the best deal. But Ben Sherrington was starry-eyed about Marcano for some reason. He was not even in the top 50. Um, and, you know, he screwed up. I mean, Ben Sherrington screwed that up. There's no two ways you can look at it. Everybody knows that, you know. I mean, you might not admit it to yourself because you're, you know, you really want Sherrington to be the best GM in baseball because you really want to win a World Series. But, I mean, if you want, I think you should always live the way things are and not the way you want them to be. Um, I think that's really important, the way to live your life, because you set yourself up for a lot of disappointments. And I'm not just talking about sports, you know. Like, you should you should always, um, you know, first out, first of all, figure out the way things are, and then, you know, deal with that, you know. Um, and the way things are with the Pirates, I mean, I'm, I try to be pretty straight about that. I mean, I joked around, especially in the month of January or December, I don't even remember, but I joked around and just like ripped on the Pirates for like a whole month because it's easy to do. It's funny, you know, about how they don't pay anybody. They, you know, they haven't won a division in 30 years. Um, just, you know, pirate stuff, you know, and I even poked at Pirates fans because sometimes they're just like, Oh, yeah, you know, I really think we're going to sign this guy or anybody for that matter. You know, I mean, I, that's why I feel bad for Pirates fans when, you know, somebody like DK, who I think he's highly respected. A lot of people are, you know, they belong to his club. A lot of people listen to his podcast every day is going to just pull a head fake on everybody. And the reason I know that is not only just reading Twitter over the course of whatnot, you know, every time there's an up an update on the um, CBA, they're like, salary cap or bust. Sa well, you know, it's not going to happen for at least five years because we know it's not going to happen with this CBA. And yeah, I was really hopeful going into it that these, you know, sides would consider, you know, competitive balance as part of the talks because competitive balance is just horrendous in baseball when you can have a team like the Dodgers spend $350 million and the Pirates spend $35 million, about the same that, um, that Steven Strasburg is going to make this year 
and he's probably not even going to make 20 starts because he's always hurt. You know, I mean, I agree with DK on that. I agree with pretty much, I would think, anybody in the Pirates community on that, except for guys like Yark that thinks that, um, you know, has nothing to do with payroll. Um, But for the most part, you know, I think I agree with 99% of the people on that. Um, But uh, I don't know, man. You know, I mean, sometimes I get a hard time from some of these good old boys, you know, because and especially because I took a shot at DK, you know, I was picking on DK. And there's even thoughts that I was picking on Gary at some point or whatever, you know. I mean, I don't know. I I know that, you know, those guys have, you know, picked on me at one point. I mean, DK, um, when I said something about this earlier, he just unfriended me or blocked me or whatnot, which he does with almost everybody that dares to question, you know, what he says on Twitter. And again, not saying he's a bad guy. That's just the way he does it. You know, he doesn't want to put something on Twitter and have a bunch of noise, you know. And I've had to do that once or twice with guys that just like weren't contributing at all to the conversation, you know. They were just didn't like me, um, you know, because I was being negative on the Pirates or whatever. You know, I've had to block a couple guys, but not the thousands of guys, you know, that he's blocked or hundreds or whatever. So, um, yeah, that was fun. You know, lots of off-season drama. Um, oh, the, there was the uh, the thing with um, Mitch Keller, you know, and Mitch Keller, I don't have to go over his stats. I think we all know them, but just off the top of my head, you know, he had a 6 ERA in 2019. He had a 6 ERA last year. He threw like five games in 2020 that weren't as bad, but overall he's got a six ERA. But when you go, when you dive deep into the numbers, it gets even worse. His whip is almost two. Think about that. He gives up a walk or a hit. That's what whip stands for. Every inning pitched. Two of them though, not one, two. You know, some guys are like 0.9, you know, less than one. He's at two. You know, but it's worse than that. He gives up 12 hits per nine innings. So out of that, not only is he walking guys, he's giving up hard hit balls, right? I mean, he give his pitches um, produce some of the highest exit velocities in baseball. Um, and it was it wasn't funny, but it was just like almost a shame with the way the Pirates fans are. They're so desperate for anything is when he hired this company um, to, you know, help him with his delivery, with the way he holds the ball, whatever they helped him with, you know, his leg kick, you know, I have no clue, you know, but, and then he put, and then, you know, they market themselves by putting on a, um, a thing on uh, social media and it shows him hitting a hundred miles an hour and some guy in the background, like, pumping his fist, you know, and it shows him like, you know, it has these stats like, oh, he had this much spin rate and this much movement and da, 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 da. And people were literally excited about Mitch Keller. And, you know, the thing with Mitch Keller is I have gotten um, excited about him before, but it's been so many times that I've given the guy the benefit of the doubt and nothing ever changes with this guy. It was just like, I think it was just like, because we're in the off season, And people were so desperately hopeful, you know, uh, that they jumped on that. There was an interview with Tanaj Thomas, who was just horrendous, you know, like he dropped down. Like I I mentioned, he's like 
dropped down from like number seven on Fangrass list to like in the 40s. Shouldn't really be that high, but I think they just wanted to keep him on there. Um, but he's a thrower. You know, there's a million of those guys out there that throw hard, but have no idea where the ball's going. And the thing about Tanaj is when he does throw the ball, it's straight down the middle and it gets hit hard. Not unlike Mitch Keller, right? So, I mean, you got a lot of guys like that that, you know, Hudson Head was in the top 10 at one point. He dropped way down because, I mean, he shouldn't have been in the top 10. He was very raw. You know, he was a raw talent. Um, you know, he, he is what he is now. You know, now he's like number 41 and he's 21 years old. So now he has a chance to, you know, to prove himself. Like if he has a year like Matt Frazier had in Greensboro, boom, you know, you're in the top 10. But you have to prove it, you know. I mean, before he was, I have no idea was he was in the top 10, but I think it was just because he was like 19, 18, 19 years old and he came in a trade from a team that was bad, that he was maybe in their top 10. Same thing as Marcano, right? So um, that's that, you know. Uh, but there was all kinds of stuff that happened in the offseason besides the lockout, you know. I mean, it was a big deal about um, the Pirates before the lockout um, trading um, the catcher, bringing in a catcher that, you know, has batted 200 for his career and in the last couple years that he's been injured, often he's batted like 150 or something like that. And that's who you replace. And then, of course, you know, the, the Ben Sherrington apologists were like, oh, come on, man. He's just as good. You know, like, you know, look, man, I'm not even going to argue about this one. You know, I'm going to show you the stats of how he batted 150, how he's never had more than 351 plate appearances in a season. So he's clearly not a starter. And he's the only catcher on your roster. So, I mean, that's another thing. I'm like, we're obviously tanking this year. And there were people that denied that, you know. Oh, well, we don't think they're tanking. They're just playing young guys. Well, you got rid of your first baseman. You got rid of your catcher. You have no second baseman because you got rid of him last year for nothing. I mean, you have no corner outfielders. Of course you're tanking, you know. I mean, even if. I mean, I think that the um, the starting pitching has been improved a lot because I like Thompson. I like a full year of Bryce Wilson, um, guys like that. Uh, I do like the idea of, um, you know, giving uh, JT Brubaker another chance because when his command was on, the guy was a damn good pitcher, right? Um, but so even though the starting pitching might be improved. You know there's going to be injuries there. I mean, there's no depth there, right? I mean, the only depth is guys like Max Kranich or, you know, who knows? You know, guys that um, are unproven big league starters, you know? I mean, even those guys that I mentioned, Thompson and Bryce Wilson, those guys are unproven, and so is JT Brubaker. Really, until you have three full years in the bigs, you're considered unproven. But, I mean, they're less unproven than a rookie, right? Um, but these other guys are, like, still considered rookies. Like, um, I, there's a ton of them out there, you know? Um, and I don't even remember all their names. There's so many. I mean, I could not even begin to remember all these guys' names unless I was looking at a list of them. So even if your starting rotation is improved, which I think it could be marginally improved, especially if someone like Rowanzi Contreras comes in, but again, with the long layoff, if we only get 60 games, you might not see Rowanzi this year other than AAA. But um, as far as uh, just the whole deal, you know, 
the team is probably not going to win 61 games this year because last year when they won 61 games, they had Adam Frazier leading the league in hits. They had a great start by Rich Rod. I mean, even if Rich Rod comes back to the team this year, he's not allowed to stick stick on the ball anymore, right? So he's not going to be as good as he was in the first two months last year, which was historically good. Uh, we lost Moran, <clears throat> who had some... When he was healthy, it looked like he might be coming around, you know? Um, we lost just a ton of guys. I mean, basically, we traded everybody, right? So at this point, you got Ben Gamble as one of the corner outfielders. You got um, Anthony Alford, you know, in the other corner outfield. Um, you got who knows who at second base. Um, shortstop, again, if you only get 60 games, it's probably still Kevin Newman. Um, second base, you know, your guess is as good as mine, you know. But let's just say it's, um, you know, it's the guy that, that already has some major league experience. Um, I can't remember the guy's name, but the guy that came up once or twice last year um, to play in your infield, and I just can't remember. It'll probably come back to me in a minute. Or it might be Diego Castillo. Rodolfo Castro is the guy I was thinking of. So probably like a Rodolfo Castro, Diego Castillo type, depending on how many games we get to the season. And at first base, we really don't know because... Um, uh, Yoshi is likely to be a DH because his first base is mud. Um, so, you know, maybe a guy like Chavis could be your first baseman because they're unlikely to sign anybody. Now, here was the, here was the thing. I mean, we were all excited about the Rule 5 draft because, yeah, they might lose a couple guys. They might lose Tanaj, and some people might cry about that. But they might also gain a catcher, which they desperately need. They might gain another outfielder. Um, you know, for um, at least competition, right? And they might gain some more pitching from the Rule 5 draft. But the problem is, who knows if they're even going to have a Rule 5 draft. I mean, if this shutdown goes down in the, into the summer, into July, the last thing on anybody's mind is going to be the Rule 5 draft. These guys are going to figure out how they can get in 60 games and the playoffs before, like, it's it's a frozen tundra in Cleveland, you know, if they make the playoffs or something like that. So... Um, you got a lot to figure out, you know. I mean, I think Milwaukee, I've been up to their stadium. They don't have a roof as far as I know. They didn't used to. So, you know, are you going to play playoff games in Milwaukee in November? You know what I mean? So those are things you got to think about if you got to fit in 60 games plus the playoffs. And if you have expanded playoffs, you know, if they decide to do it this year, even in a shortened year. So those things were going on. Um, you know, we were debating, unfortunately, well, we were debating players for a while. And then it was like, you know what? We have exhausted every debate we could have over these players because, you know, their stats are the same as they were two months ago. You know, nothing's changed. I mean, it was fun while the Arizona Fall League was going on because Nick Gonzalez was doing really well. Rowanzi Contreras was doing well. Michael Burroughs was doing well. Uh, they all did pretty well. Mladinsky, Majinsky was doing well, you know. Um, it was decent, you know. There was even a couple weeks there where Jaywan Bay was okay. And, um, you know, Cannon Smith Nigma showed some flashes. And he, you know, he punched somebody in the face, which was fun, you know. I heard an interview with Cannon Smith Nigma, and I really liked the guy. Nice, down-to-earth, hard-working dude, you know. He's not a dick. He's not cocky. Not at all, you know. He's a real nice guy. 
uh, grew up in Texas, you know, but he's not a redneck or anything like that at all. I mean, the guy wasn't like chewing tobacco in the interview at all. Not that there's anything wrong with that because that's sort of like Bubba Chandler, you know, complete redneck, you know, the hat on backwards, you know, the wife beater or whatever he's wearing, you know. Uh, he even wears like a mullet sometimes, you know, so uh, he looks unwashed, you know. I mean, it's just like, that's just who he is. I mean, that's just his style, you know. It's not even his image because he's too young to have an image, but that's just his style, you know. And then you have Jersey Kid, like um, Anthony Salamato, who will be interesting to get to know because he talks like a Jersey Kid. The guy never stops talking, you know. I mean, I feel bad for Henry Davis because Salamato is constantly talking. And Henry Davis is like a very serious, militant type guy that just wants to get the job done. And you got um, Bubba Chandler, you know, um, just being real cocky. And then you got Anthony Solometto just won't shut up, you know. So, I mean, it, it's, it would be, they actually live, it's like the real world, right? I mean, these guys actually lived together down in Florida for a period of time. And like um, Henry Davis was telling them to pick up their rooms and, you know, getting Bubba Chandler out of bed because he was up late playing video games. And there was a whole lot of, like, um, crazy stuff going on with those guys. And that's fun, you know. So the nice thing about signing high school guys that are that good is we get to know, even if we only keep them for four and a half years on the major league team, if they make it, we get to know them for three years of um, the minor leagues. So we could really get to know those three guys. Um, well, actually, I think Henry Davis is probably going to be in the minors for like two years. But we get to know those guys for some time and get to feel like, you know, either we like those guys or we're annoyed by those guys. Who knows? But um, most likely, though, you know, they're likable guys in the long run. Who knows? You know, as long as they don't do anything stupid, like just don't do anything stupid. There's a million things that you could do stupid at that age. Don't do them, you know. Don't expose yourself in a bar. Don't drink and drive. Don't hit your girlfriend. Just, you know, just play, just be like Joe Burrow. Like Joe Burrow said, you know, you just work on your game quietly. You ignore all the noise and, you know, that's the way to do it, you know. Although Mitch Keller doesn't agree with that because he needs to show on social media how hard he's working in the off season. Maybe it was because of the comment I made that he was sitting around watching Beavis and Butthead. <laughs> Maybe he decided to actually go out and work hard. I don't know, or at least have to show everybody that he's working hard. I have no idea, you know. But, I mean, the serious guys um, like um, Burroughs and Frazier and guys like that, they just quietly go about their business in the off season and they let their play talk for them, you know. So, um, and those are the, usually the ones that end up being better players. I mean, cert, sometimes you have drama queens be really good, like um, Aaron Rodgers won another uh, MVP this year, and that guy never shuts the hell up, you know. Um, that guy that's best friends with Scott Boris, um, the pitcher who's making like $45 million, he never shows up. Mac, Max Scherzer, he never shuts up, you know. So, I mean, sometimes cocky works, but you have to be really good for cocky to work. For the most part, you want to be humble, keep your head down, and work your ass off. And the coaches will like you, the fans will like you, and you know what? 
your game is going to improve if you do that. And there's so much else going on in this offseason, but I'm just going to end this one quickly because I want to do a lot of these solo Pittsburgh Pirates rant podcasts over the next month and a half until we get into our season preview of Altoona, our season preview of Greensboro, our season preview of Bradenton, and even Indianapolis, although some of the guys are on the 40-man roster, even Indianapolis is going to be more entertaining than it was last year because last year was absolutely just like watching paint dry. It was dismal. You know what I mean? So, you know, shout outs to all the guys on on, uh, Twitter, the haters, the likers, um, and the people that just like have to like calm their friends down. Like um, Anthony has to calm down um, uh, Murph and Tanko. Not Murph and Tanko. I just say Tank. Like, Anthony has to calm down Tank because I piss him off so much. (laughs) So, you know, all those guys, shout out. It's great to be back on a solo podcast. And peace. Love you.